Stone gets the puck after the draw. Petrangelo shoots, save, and a rebound, score! Chandler Stevenson finds the puck in the slot, pots the rebound, and the Knights are back in the lead, 3-2. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Without it, oh, and a tip puck and a shot, they score! Michael Amadio, the Knights win it in overtime! 5-4 Vegas! A double overtime victory for the Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas. Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace hanging out inside the Underground Lounge at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. You know it, every single week I'm here, always free parking, $2 Bud, Bud Lights, $1 Blackjack tables, only place on the Strip doing that. So come on down here, say hello. I'm hanging out till 6 o'clock. Darren Millard and Jared Justice back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Well, that took a turn in another direction, or did it just speed up in that same root with the nastiness in this series between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Edmonton Oilers. Elevated significantly throughout Game 4 last night. A 4-1 win for the guys from Alberta. The series is now tied up at 2 and now we have player availability in question regarding Alex Petrangelo. He has a hearing with the NHL Player Safety Department and his status for Game 5 is unknown. We already are aware though that Darnell Nurse, the Edmonton Oilers defenseman, will miss tomorrow night at the Fortress, suspended one game because of his instigator penalty in the final five minutes of that Oilers victory last night. So do you want to start with the game, or do you want to start with the extracurricular activities? Part of me feels like we should just get the extracurriculars out of the way. So here's the situation with Alex Petrangelo. A hearing because of uh, the aftermath of his slash on Leon Dreisaitl in the waning moments of Game 5 last night. want to clarify something, because Elon Musk, you have had a strong hand in some misinformation being out there today regarding the National Hockey League and Alex Petrangelo's availability tomorrow night. There is a parody account for NHL player safety, mm-hmm. and it got... More than a few people, and some of those in the National Hockey League and the NHL sphere, higher-ups, were surprised by this announcement that Alex Petrangelo would not be suspended. That is not the case. No ruling has been made as of right now. But the parody account stated that Petrangelo would only be fined a maximum amount of $5,000. Why this was a little more eye-catching and got a little more traction in and around the NHL media is because blue check marks are virtually gone unless you pay for it. Right. Uh, so uh, the the parody account has three thousand followers. The actual NHL player safety account has over two hundred thousand. And I was brought to, this was brought to my attention today, and I'm like, wow, that that's amazing because I do expect a one game suspension. The uh, possibility is for a two-game punishment to Alex Petrangelo for that uh, late-game slash last night. But when it was revealed that uh, or announced uh, incorrectly that he wasn't going to get anything, I was like, 
that's that's really significant. And then Darnell Nurse getting one, uh, I was ready for the, for the blowback. But uh, but as for Petrangelo, we don't know as of yet his availability going on in this series. Will it be nothing? Will it be one, as I expect? Will it be two, which some uh, in and around the league and certainly the Edmonton Oilers are calling for? We don't know as of yet when it comes to that. And all of it from the fallout after another significant elevation in the nastiness, the mean nature uh, of this series, and a type of hockey that there is a, a significant amount of our fans in, in my favorite sport who have never seen this before. Mm-hmm. It's, been, it's been nasty. There's been players that have crossed the line. But for the younger fans who have joined the, the fan base in the last 15 to 20 years, mm-hmm. they haven't seen the game played quite on the edge like we've witnessed in the last couple of games. Yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been a throwback type of series from the the physicality, the liberties taken, um, just the nastiness that that you've got right now between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Edmonton Oilers. And you know, I, I think that when you look at the game last night, you could feel all of that kind of bubbling under the surface, and and all it took was you know one moment to kind of let it all go. And I guess my hope is that we we kind of move past it now. Um, I, I'm with you in that I, I expect a, a one-game suspension for Alex Petrangelo. I, I do think that, that the argument has been made quite a bit that, that it should be a two-gamer. Um, I don't get the sense that it's going to escalate to that point, but you know, time will tell, and hopefully we'll get some answers by the time we go off the air today. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, it, it, was a, it was a mean slash, yeah. and it was a graphic uh, action by Alex Petrangelo. If he got two games... It would not surprise me at all. So I'm not going to go as far as you and and uh, discount uh, the two-game uh, suspension possibility. Uh, one certainly is uh, appears to be a given uh, at this stage, and uh, I would be most surprised if there was nothing uh, coming out of it. So uh, either or, you are going to probably have to do without, from a Vegas Golden Knights point of view, uh, one of your best players in Game 5 of this series, and the series tied up at 2. The National Hockey League is really, it's not caught in the middle here, but it's up against a bit of a, a wall in the sense of they know it wasn't the right play. They know it crossed uh, a level where it should be brought into supplemental discipline with Alex Petrangelo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's not a dirty player, has not been uh, in that uh, communication with player safety in, in the past, has never been suspended before, uh, as far as my recollection goes. Uh, and, and the other part that uh, maybe works uh, in favor of Petrangelo is the NHL doesn't like to be put in a position where they're influencing a result. Mm -hmm. So one game may impact game five, but Petrangelo would be back for game six, and if Vegas loses game five, they would have one of their best players in the lineup facing elimination. You take him out for two games, you really put Vegas in a bind when it comes to having to fight through that. Now, do, do you 
look at it. The other one say you make the play. You have to live with the with the ramifications. There's something to that. Yeah. But there's also the feeling, which is unofficial, but it certainly is a feeling uh, around the National Hockey League, hockey operations, and player safety department that they don't like to just go out and out decide a series by taking somebody out of the lineup. So I, I think that does work. A gut feeling that does work in the benefit of the Golden Knights that it is held to a one-game suspension if indeed that is the, the, the final punishment. But there's also a, a feeling of Petrangelo's taken a bunch of abuse in this series. Yep. Uh, Mark Stone has taken some shots in this series. And some of the calls, Braden McNabb in game two, cross-check. He was called. That wasn't a cross-check. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Mark Stone last night took a cross check, wasn't called. Edmonton comes down and scores on that play. Uh, Evander Kane, along with Petrangelo, been involved in some uh, elevated nastiness in this series. Maybe there could have been supplemental discipline there. It wasn't called. Uh, last night, Petrangelo being uh, hit into the boards uh, by Kane. That didn't result in, in anything going forward. There's there's an argument being made from the Vegas side mm-hmm. that things got elevated in this case because of a lack of action along the way and that fueled the punishment, uh, the uh, the frustration uh, of, of, the, uh, of the Vegas Golden Knights. That is, I'm sure, being relayed uh, to George Peros and his NHL player safety uh, colleagues as well as the series supervisor, Rod Pasma, and trying to negate any type of punishment going towards Alex Petrangelo and trying to reduce it as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, I think that all of those factors are are kind of why I'm leaning more toward a a one-game suspension and and not a multi-game suspension for Petrangelo. And and as we said, we'll we'll kind of see as as that news is is breaking whenever it does break. But, you know, I, I think that you can absolutely, if you're looking at this from the Golden Knights perspective, if you've watched all the games throughout this series, you can understand why the escalation happened. You can understand why Alex Petrangelo got to a point where, you know, he made that decision to make that play. It doesn't excuse the play. It doesn't excuse the decision. And you've got to live with the ramifications of that. But I, I think that the point made and, and really the, the side from the Golden Knights saying, look at all of the things that brought us to this point should be taken into account when trying to determine what that ultimate number is going to be for Petrangelo. And it was a slash. It was the proverbial two-handed slash mm-hmm. where he came from up top to down low on a star player in these playoffs. Does that make any difference? Hate to tell everybody, mm-hmm. not all players are judged equally in their value uh, to the league and to teams. Hitting Leon Dreisaitl takes it up a notch in its significance uh, in this series over Matthias Janmark or uh, Zach Hyman. So that that's the reality of it. When you hit Leon Dreisaitl like he was slashed last night, it brings it into a, a more... Uh, serious tone from it. So that that was the tail end of a 4-1 win for the Edmonton Oilers last night. They jumped on Vegas, scored the first goal again. It was really that 3-0 goal that uh, put things into uh, a different 
viewpoint. Uh, and that was the play in which Mark Stone was hit in front of the Oilers net and Edmonton responded by going down 200 feet and putting the puck in the net. We've got reaction from two players. Let's start with Mark Stone and then we'll bring in Alec Martinez in a bit. But uh, here's the captain of the Vegas Golden Knights who I thought answered the questions honestly but with some significant passion last night. series has been physical, but it seemed like they were more physical tonight. Did it surprise you at all? No, I don't think it surprises you anymore, right? Um, you know, they didn't have a good game on game three. They came out hard. Um, you know, the first five minutes was, was actually pretty good by us. We had a good first power play. Um, but we've just been giving up the first goal in every game here, so we got to find a way to get a better start. Did you like your answer physically for them? Oh, for sure. Um, you know, had a good fight from Hager. Um, they didn't take any, uh, I guess, any for um, stuff that they've done. So yeah, it was good. It's a good answer by Hager. It's a good fight. Um, you know, I think he asked him off the face up, but then uh, gets jumped. So uh, that's the way to answer the bell by him. In, ter- in terms of maybe like just between the whistle physicality, like on the forecheck, do you feel like you guys maybe need to get to their defenseman a little more? Yeah, I don't think it was our greatest night in the forecheck, but uh, you know, I can give them credit. They're a good team, but um, got to be ready for. Uh, I don't know what date is, but we've got to be ready for Friday night, I think, in Vegas. So, um, we're your group. Uh, I've done it in the, in the past. We've got to be ready for, for one game here. Why do you think there has been such drastic swings from one game to the next? You know, I'm not sure. It's, uh, it's playoff hockey, right? And, you know, you've got to match the desperation sometimes. Um, uh, I don't know. Like I said, uh, it's just another game um, where they outplayed us, but um, just be ready for, uh, ready for Friday. Mark, what happened to you on the third goal? I got cross-checked from behind. Did you hit your head on the post? No, I got cross-checked from behind. Did you think it was a penalty? Of course I did. Did you say anything to the referee? I asked him why it wasn't a penalty. What did he say? thought he pushed me. Refs have a hard job too, right? Um, you know, I got my stick slashed and broken in one power play. Um, as long as you have good dialogue with them, um, you know, they usually, uh, you know, make up for the for the bad calls. But um, no, I got a good relationship with with Kiss or Chris and um, and Graham. Um, you know, obviously, I think it's a penalty, but um, I'm not gonna pout about it. Um, just gotta keep playing. That last part from Mark Stone is just brilliant. Yep. That that is partly political. Like he's mad as hell. Yeah. about that cross-check that wasn't called, uh, as well as the, the stick being slashed, uh, as well as Alex Petrangelo knowing uh, that uh, play could result in supplemental this one. They didn't realize that at the time that there was going to be a hearing call, but uh, you could probably think along those those lines. And for, for Mark to come back after answering questions bluntly mm-hmm. to then... Not defend, but acknowledge the role that the referees play and the job that they are put into uh, to to try and navigate was absolutely brilliant. And all the officials will know about those comments from Mark Stone. That was great. He referenced the fight between Nick Hag and mm-hmm. Darnell Nurse. Yep. And that's why Nurse is gone for Game 5 tomorrow night, receiving an instigator penalty in the final five minutes, automatically reviewed, uh, upheld uh, as a one-game suspension because of what he did in coming in and targeting Nick Hag or and dropping the gloves. And that was a go. You talk about fights mm-hmm. with both guys going at it, and if Hag hits with the uppercut, Darnell Nurse head is still floating around. Yeah. That was rock'em sock'em robot, uh, and uh, 
it's it's actually a good thing that that he didn't connect because that could have been just absolutely ugly. Mm-hmm. Uh, fights are ugly, but uh, but boy, uh, that was uh, a dangerous position in a scrap if if you can phrase it that way. But uh, but the fight occurs in some back and forth uh, of the game. And that's what you're left with, is that feeling of the rivalry being taken up significantly following the scrap between Haig and Nurse. Yeah, it was it was a spirited fight. It was a, a really, really good fight. And, you know, you look at those situations, you obviously are are happy that both guys kind of get through it without any any major issues and, and certainly no injuries. But the... the the answer from Nick Hague in that moment, obviously, I agree with the instigator there to, to Darnell Nurse. That, that, that fight doesn't happen if Nurse doesn't come in and create that contact first and hold on to Nick Hague trying to start the fight. Um, I, I wasn't necessarily a, a fan of the, of the showboating after, but the fact of the matter is uh, both guys threw down, both guys kind of answered the bell in that moment, and I think for Nick Hague there's a lot to like about how he handled that situation and what he was able to do. You get into a fight like that, you can do whatever you want uh, going to the penalty box. Uh, Absolutely. Well, okay. The emotion that goes into something like that. That wasn't a fight. That wasn't a scrap. That wasn't a try to get your team going type moment or try to answer the bell from allowing a couple of goals or taking a number from two years ago. That was flat out pure emotion and hatred that went into that scrap by those two, those two guys. You want to do something, and you may not agree with him, Darnell Nurse because he's the Edmonton Oilers player, but you, you fight and drop the gloves and throw them like that, all the power to you to be able to take it up another notch. Here's Alec Martinez afterwards. Question about the game, the response physically, and what to expect going forward. I guess we'll start at the end first. What do you make of the last two minutes or so of that game? It's playoff hockey. You know, these are emotional games. Um, every once in a while, stuff like that happens. Alec, how do you explain such drastic differences in games with this team in this series? I don't know. I think it, you, you chalk it up to two really good hockey teams um, that have uh, just outplayed one, one or the other, you know, alternating here. Tonight, what made it hard to get it going five on five? Um, you know, I don't, I don't think that we necessarily uh, did a good jo- or a good enough job on the back end, uh, breaking the puck out clean. Uh, you got to give them credit; they did they did well on the forecheck. Um, you know, I think that we didn't quite establish, you know, the way that we wanted to play early enough, and you know, you can't do that, do that against a team like that. You know, it'll come back and bite you surprised at all by how physical they were tonight? No. It's playoff hockey. It's emotional. Like I said. Do you think you guys answered their physicality good enough? Or do you think that you maybe need to have a stronger pushback on that? Well, I mean, I think we had a couple of fights. You tell me. I'd say that's pretty good pushback, don't you think? We have referenced Alec Martinez as the compass. It was leading the way last night that afterwards pointing in the direction that they have to go acknowledging what occurred but also pretty proud of his teammates without using the p word uh, in that sentence about how they responded to that uh, that melee last night
Yeah, I think it was the response you were you were hoping for if you're a Golden Knights fan. And and you know, I think the fact that they were able to respond in kind there sets them up to, to come back home for game five and, and hopefully as we've seen throughout this series, find their game again and, and put the Edmonton Oilers back on their heels. And both teams will come at game five feeling good about their room. Sure. That it's not just Alec Martinez said some great things there. And, and Alec uh, has a big voice in that room. They loved what Nick Hag did. They are happy with some pushback. Cross the line in Alex Petrangelo? Yes, for sure. You don't want to be without him. But the pushing back wasn't something that that you had to second guess which is something that Bruce Cassidy did bring up earlier in the series about being out teammated mm-hmm. not in question last night Oilers will feel the same way Connor McDavid jumping into the fray last night yeah he fought once in junior he broke his hand sure. uh, when he hit it on the boards but that that was a heat of the moment last night it was a bonfire it was a five-alarm fire that he jumped into the fray. That doesn't happen with, uh, with Connor McDavid very often. So they'll feel good about them, themselves, too. Sure. And we'll come back at it with colliding trains going 150 miles an hour tomorrow night. Yeah, you're, you're right on the money, I think, for the, for the Oilers. The fact that Connor was able to do that and... You know, it, the fact that it's your captain, the fact that it's a guy that, that is largely considered the greatest player on the planet right now, and he was willing to go in there and, and try to start something, that's something that the Oilers are going to feel good about too. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of hoping, and, and this we've kind of had this discussion before, I'm hoping that this brings out the best of both teams in the same game at the same time. I don't know whether it's going to happen. Eh, probably I, not. I don't know whether it's going to happen in this series where the team that's not quite there is able to raise the level of its game to keep up with the opposition. Game one was in and around the vicinity but you heard what Lauren Bersouat said. Mm -hmm. It it was closer than it felt in that game. And everything else has been lopsided. And that's where we'll get to now is the result of the game on the scoreboard. Ends up being 4-0 for the Edmonton Oilers. A 3-0 first period lead. For the fourth straight game in the series, the Oilers score first. And there is progress. It may sound weird to say that there is progress from the Vegas Golden Knights standpoint, but I'm with Mark Stone. I like the start. I was talking to people at the watch party last night over at Red Rock Resort and Casino. Yeah, Really impressed with the power play and what they were doing. Didn't score, and it, it, it bites them uh, going forward in that first period. But it wasn't being outplayed out of the gate last night and allowing the first goal. They didn't score with despite having chances. They were denied scoring the first goal and Edmonton responded and then took over uh, much of the game from, from that standpoint. It is puzzling. I had this conversation with a former National Hockey Leaguer today. How you can be in the same building, same two teams, no travel in between, and have totally different results. It's strange that it's so lopsided from one side to the other, mm-hmm. from game three to four, when there should be all kinds of consistency in that game. 
and Bruce Cassidy, who you'll hear from later on in, in hour number two from his media availability today, echoed something that I said with the guys of the two Maroons this morning. I, I think it's, it goes with, with the goaltending. And quite frankly, I'm happy to hear Bruce say that because I don't like criticizing uh, guys who are in unique situations. Mm-hmm. But that's what Stuart Skinner and now uh, from Laurent Brassois into Aiden Hill are in. They're in very unique new situations, and it hasn't been the smoothest of rides. Both teams have six wins in the first two rounds. Yep. So they're doing something right, but the when you're on, they've been really good. When they're off, they're not quite there. And that type of uh, uh, latitude in their games is probably one of the reasons why you're getting this significant range in the games. I think that's fair. I, I agree with your assessment again about the Golden Knights' start to the game. I, I liked a lot of what they did in the first three and a half, four minutes. I thought their power play was, was really generating some good looks, and you've got to give a lot of credit to Stuart Skinner finding saves. And that Bounce was back of, game, right? Yeah, this is kind of the, the story of the game is, you know, the Golden Knights score early on there, or if Mark Stone's able to pot that one, make it 2-1, to one, maybe it turns out to be a little bit of a different game. But the fact of the matter is the Edmonton Oilers weathered that storm, got a little bit of momentum on, on their power play, and then they get right, right to work there. And that, to me, was the game. There's another reason why Vegas should feel really good about their game as opposed to what the scoreboard said, 4-1. I'll get into that with John Shannon, our NHL insider, former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada, will join us for his regular appearance every Thursday. It's Fox Sports Las Vegas. He used to have the most important job in Canada. Now he's willing to give us a few minutes. It's time to chat with John Shannon. Yeah, the former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada is twirling around a Toronto area, and I'm surprised oh. we'll be able to hear him, uh, given the fact that the Maple Leafs won last night, and all the cars are honking, and the flags are out, and they're waving around. Everybody's on that bandwagon. Uh, Johnny, how are you? I'm doing great, but I'll tell you what, I have now decided what the first thing I'm doing when I get to Vegas. What's that? I'm going to Grimaldi's Pizza. Yeah, it's, it's outstanding. I am going, I, I, I don't know, where, and we might have to, like, invent a pizza for Grimaldi. Why don't we do a, a show from there? Great idea. The Great insider idea. When I show pizza. up in Vegas, we're doing a remote at Grimaldi's Pizza. Uh, I'm with you. That's uh, on the back burner for right now, given what happened last night. Uh, we, you, you could you could serve that pizza or cook it on the temperature coming out of this Golden Knights and Edmonton Oilers series. You know so many people inside the National Hockey League offices, whether it's hockey operations or the player safety department. Uh, I ran through the fact that there is a, a parody account that said, Petrangelo wasn't going to be suspended. We don't know yet. We're waiting on the news whether or not it's going to be zero, one, or two. Uh, what are you hearing about the potential number or length of any supplemental discipline? Well, first of all, he is going to get suspended. There is going to be a suspension. It's not going to be just a fine. And I, and I do think that the debate internally uh, will be whether it's just a single game or it's two games. And, and, and the real philosophy and belief within the NHL will be if they allow a two-game suspension for Alex Petrangelo, how much influence does that have on the outcome of the series? Do you, do you believe in that yourself? 
Well, you know, it's it's one of those things where if you if you make the call on the ice and the referee says, "Well, I don't want to influence the game." If you make the call, uh, you think you're influencing it, but are you not influencing if you don't make the call? Yeah. And you let you create the level you know, the level of of uh, of not I don't want to say violence, but you create the level of intimidation at a certain point. I I think they have to do what's right for the game. It's not necessarily right for the Oilers or necessarily right for the Golden Knights. So the Oilers will be campaigning for a multi-game suspension. The argument by the Golden Knights would be what? I think the argument for the Golden Knights. By the way, the Oilers can only lobby. They're not in the hearing. Okay. We know that we know that the Golden Knights will be in the hearing. Uh, Alex Petrangelo's agent was in the hearing. Uh, a member of the Players Association was in the hearing, and Alex would be in the hearing as well. So, from that perspective, uh, I suspect that the Golden Knights would argue that it was not a vicious swing at Leon Draisaitl. Uh, it, there was no injury on the play, and at the same time, I think that hockey player safety, the NHL player safety department, would say, you know, you didn't grip the stick the same way you would grip it if you were playing a playing the puck uh, and you tracked 30 to 40 feet away from the actual flow of the game in order to get to dry sidle so and 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 then the, i think the other thing that the, the, the golden knights and and alex's representative would say is that this is so out of character for alex petrangelo uh, he's never been in trouble with player safety before does it matter who he slashed well, it shouldn't. But it does. It, well, that's the human part of it, I think, yeah. Darren. You, you say, you know, well, it, you know, if it was Nick Bugstad that he slashed, would we be having the same discussion? We might, uh, but we would all say just a game. The mm. fact that it was Leon Dreisaitl, the fact that it was a guy that had scored more goals in this series than anybody else, uh, I think that that, that will that will weigh something at some point. I mean, what, what if he and this this will be the the question? What if he had broken Dreisaitl's arm? You know, that's that that that's a question that at some point someone would ask. But uh, I, I suspect uh, that uh, the hearing. So it's uh, it, it's uh, four thirty five in Vegas. The hearing's probably over by now. Finally, because it wasn't until late in the day the hearing itself. Yeah, because so the Golden Knights did travel today. Tonight. That that that's why the Golden Knights uh, traveled. Well, they're allowed to travel. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm just telling telling you why it was so late in the day. Well, no, I no, that's right. No, I, I understand. It wasn't like I mean because I, I think there was a lot of people that said, well, when the Darnell Nurse stuff came out, um, because there was no hearing needed for the Darnell Nurse situation, mm-hmm. it was cut. It was cut and dry. Did the uh, did the officials think that the instigator was warranted? The answer was yes. George Peros then, in talking to the official department, said, okay, if you think the instigator was uh, warranted, then I have to uphold the one-game suspension. So as soon as that happened this afternoon, then people started to ask the question, well, what about Petrangelo? Right. And the, the reality was, you know, the boys stayed over last night, probably had a nice meal, got up this morning, flew home. John, the action of the slash... Was it more visually uh, jarring than the actual action? You know what I mean? Did it look worse than it was? 
Uh, if you're talking about the velocity of the stick hitting his arm, the answer is yes. Okay. You know, it, it, but it was not a typical. I mean, the, the difference between the nurse situation and this one is what nurse did: dropping his gloves, skating in, and grabbing Nick Hag. That's that's in in the realm of the game of hockey. That's a natural movement of two players. Yeah. What Alex did was not natural. It was not normal. So. Um, my gut tells me, and this is just my gut, my gut tells me that it, it it probably should be two games, but I suspect it'll just be one. And you've got a good gut? That's a compliment to you, by the way. Well, don't don't well, read anything into that. I know you will, and you'll come you, back with a smarty me mark. You'll be, you've been talking to my wife. <laughs> John Shannon's with us on the VGK Insider Show, right? You know, John, we, we kind of chatted on, on Tuesday and talked about discipline and, and talked about how that was maybe going to be a tougher task for the Edmonton Oilers, and yet here we are talking about a, a potential one- or two-game suspension for Alex Petrangelo. Are, are you surprised that it was, you know, the Golden Knights kind of facing this spot, this situation, uh, when, when we were kind of going into game number four, not really knowing what to expect from Edmonton in that regard? I was shocked. You know, the, the lack of discipline that the Oilers showed in Game 3, you know, whether it was Evander Kane or whether it was Leon Dreisaitl, but then all of a sudden in Game 4 it's Shea Theodore and Alex Petrangelo. I, I was shocked. You know, and I, and, but it also speaks then to, and you have to respect this part, Ryan, uh, you have to, it speaks to the emotion uh, and the intensity that this series and these playoffs bring out in these guys you know you're supposed to play and i've never coached in the nhl but you're supposed to play to the line and not over and i don't know how you can do that all the time when you're so emotionally engaged in the sport and it is a physical sport so from that perspective every once in a while you are going to cross the line every once in a while you're going to be so ticked off you are going to do something stupid uh, the Oilers did the stupid stuff in Game 3, and the Golden Knights did the stupid stuff in, in Game 4. That said, I, I think player safety did make a mistake uh, in Game 3, not at least slapping uh, Evander Kane on the wrist for the cross-check across the neck to Alex Petrangelo at the end of the period. Yeah, that, that does send a message. I don't know how much it quiets it, but it would certainly give you an idea that there's a, a, a line there and they're they're on it. We know they're on it, but that gives everybody uh, an indication of, we're paying attention here. Yeah. So so what happened, just just for, for the record, what happens before the series starts? There's a conference call that involves the coaches and the general managers and people from NHL hockey ops. George Peros, Colin Campbell, Stephen Walker. And they go through all of this. What What is the... Uh, what is the level of officiating going to be like? What is the tolerance for play after the whistle? You know, what, is, what happens in the last five minutes of a game? This is all given informationally to both teams, to George, to Kelly, and to Bruce. They're supposed to pass it on to the players. You hope they do. Mm. And, and, and yet, everybody says every once in a while, well, when, when are they going to get the message? The messages have been delivered consistently and constantly every playoff round. But it does not take into account how emotionally and physically engaged the players are. 
And and Darren, I know that you and I talked briefly this afternoon. There is a generation of hockey players that are playing tonight and playing tomorrow night in Vegas that have never played games with this intensity and with this with the play after the whistles and the physical nature and the and quite frankly the hatred. They haven't played. This is you know this is supposed to be the NHL in 2023 where. It's all speed, and it's all finesse. Hey, boys, this is a Stanley Cup playoff. Buckle up and get ready for really, really tough hockey. I know what my answer is, but do you like it? Well, I'm old enough that I have seen worse. But And, and what we've seen in this series and what we've seen in these Stanley Cup playoffs is rather tame to what I have witnessed myself over the last 48 years. Yep. I mean, we had bench-clearing brawls there. You know, we had we had we had brawls in the warm-up in 1987, Montreal, Philadelphia. You know, this this level of camaraderie that now exists in the NHL uh, wasn't always that way. You know, you never talked to the other team before or after the game and said hello to your friends until the summertime. That's different now. There is a level of camaraderie that exists, but at the same time, this is now this is for all the marbles. This so, do you like it? Do you like this throwback type series? But, this, but I guess my what I was trying to tell you was, I like it, but it's not that throwback much. It's not that bad. Well, it is for the people that have never seen it before. You just mentioned that. <laughs> I know that's my point. This is tame still. Right. So, so Still, I'm going to give you three. I'm going to give you three words: mean, nasty, or dirty. What best summarizes the first four games of this second round series between Edmonton and Vegas? Mean, mean, because uh, I think what we've seen is the, the real birth of a great rivalry uh, and 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 true hatred, and that that means that. You know, you are mean to the other guy. You know, this is a physical game. This is not. This is not ice capade. By the way, ice capades will be showing up at T-Mobile Arena pretty soon. <laughs> but <laughs> this is not ice capade. This is the National <laughs> Hockey League. I like it. Uh, John Shannon's with us on the VGK and Saturday yeah, show you on are, Fox you, Sports you, Las Vegas. You like more physical hockey than I do. I do. Yes. Yeah. So, but I still enjoy this. So now that we are four games into this series and, and looking at kind of the expectations going into tomorrow, based on how the series has gone, do you have any type of sensation or feeling as to what you're expecting in, in games five, six, and potentially seven? Uh, no. I, I mean, I, I thought I thought Vegas would show up better last night. Mm-hmm. I thought Edmonton would show up better in Game Three. You know, I, I'm really excited that they both show up tomorrow night. It could be a game for the ages if they both show up, and we end up with speed at both ends of the ice, and we end up with Eichel versus McDavid, Stone and Drysital, good, good goaltending. I mean, that you know, that, that there are some great storylines here, but we've only seen storylines dictated by one team every night. Vegas in games one and three, Oilers in games two and four. 
If you would have answered anything other than, I don't know, I would have called you a liar because nobody knows. This has been so unpredictable, this series. Yeah, the only thing I do know is that they, there is a true dislike now. Yeah. Uh, you know and, that, 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 and that's not a bad... And, and you know what? In 2023, even though this is a, a new world, a kinder, gentler world, at least it's supposed to be, that's not a bad thing. Yeah, uh, I had Nick Kiprios on the trip today, and uh, and he he loves it. You know that uh, that he would go yeah. uh, absolutely down this path. Uh, he's enjoying it, but uh, his eyebrows have been raised by this, and and that's a guy that made his living in a pretty tough area. I, I'm going to call it right now. There's been blowouts on both sides. We are going to get a triple overtime game here before this series is done. We're going to go deep into the night, and we're going to get make it all the competitiveness in one game. Really, huh? Yeah. <laughs> didn't you didn't you do the Easter uh, Easter epic, uh, the Washington? Oh, that's uh, no, great. No, no, well I, done. I, I did. Well, no. Listen, Woody, Ryan, you got to understand. When Darren gets on these you know, highbrow prediction stuff, mm-hmm. just let him go. Yeah, because yeah. he'll bury he'll, he'll eventually bury himself. He's never been it's, right about one. Not one. He hasn't yeah. been right about anything None for the last them. ten years. Yeah. Let's check the record book, yeah. boys. Let's check the record. Okay, uh, okay, eleven years. Yeah. When it happens, <laughs> when it happens, I'm gonna triple, I'm gonna hire a skywriter. Tri- you, you said triple overtime. Triple overtime. You said triple overtime. Mm-hmm. Tell you what, if we can get triple overtime, I'm buying a Grimaldi. Atta boy, uh, love it. I, I know that you got cut off the other day. Uh, Jared was very insensitive to your wishes, so I want to open the floor for you to do your traditional uh, shout out. I just want to make sure that. That George McPhee and his family have a, a lovely weekend in Vegas, and I hope that George's wife has a lovely Mother's Day. So, based on that, hello, George. There's John Shannon, the former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada. Love it. Uh, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. We'll continue on with Fox Sports Las Vegas and set up hour number two. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Who we got, Jared? Who we rolling with here? Oh, this is Blink-182. I actually knew that. I just wanted to bring you into the show. Because we talked about Blink-182 earlier. You and I. Bonding. Yeah. Chapman may not get his job back. I, I you have been I, so good. I am free at nights, and I you are, can only talk when uh, when spoken to. <laughs> <laughs> we love our Chris Chapman. He'll be back next week. Uh, qualifying uh, for a chance to win a pair of tickets to Game 7, if necessary. Tuesday night against the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, caller number 9 to 702-876-1340 will win a VGK hat and be entered into the grand prize drawing. And should that series go the distance, and there's no indication that it won't, a uh, consolation prize will be an autographed jersey uh, awarded to a random drawing with a qualifier. So you get a hat, you get into the draw for Game 7 tickets, and there's a consolation prize of an autographed jersey. That's caller number 9-702-876-1340. We are making it happen here on the VGK Insider Show. Uh, John Shannon had some really good intel there, and and now he's sitting beside. I, I don't like the name drop. My dad always said, "Don't name drop." 
But he's okay. sitting beside uh, Darren okay. Pang right now. I just uh, got a picture of the two of them yeah. having having a nice glass of uh, a beverage, uh, particularly refreshing red wine. So wow. Darren Pang and John Shannon. He 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 is a mover and shaker. And he and he delayed his hookup with yeah. uh, with Panger just to be uh, be with us on the VGK Insider Show. That's how much he likes us. Yeah, gotta love it. Because he's not taking a pay cut anytime soon with us. No, no, no. Because we don't pay him. Absolutely. He not. does. He does that. A lot of guests are paid. Regular guests <clears throat> are paid by shows like ours. Mm-hmm. We don't pay. Like we don't pay you. So why would we pay John Shannon for coming on usually once a week? Mm-hmm. So that, yeah. that's how great of an ambassador of our game John Shannon is. Now, in hour number two, we're going to hear from Bruce Cassidy before he boarded the flight today. Uh, his comments about the 2-2 series standing at this point and what is coming up the rest of the way. Game five tomorrow night. And we've got one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. As the Toronto Maple Leafs stayed alive last night. We'll also bring you uh, the latest regarding the National Hockey League schedule. And the Vesna Trophy finalists have been unveiled. One isn't a big surprise. One is a slight surprise. Another one, we've heard them before. It's the VGK Insider Show. How are you doing down there at OIL? Everything oh, good? No chaos? Fantastic. No, yeah. well, I mean, there's, you know, always a, a ton of people that are lining up wanting to say hello to you. Um, yeah. I've had to turn away, like, one person. That, that was looking for you specifically. So um, outside of that, no, it's fantastic. We've got North America's largest Hooters staring me in the face. Um, fantastic, as always. Just uh, tell them I, I'll get them back later. 